I'm Abby. And I'm Allie. And it's About, about time, time for True Crime. crime. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh my. What's up, guys? What a week, let me tell you. Happy Tuesday. Happy freaking Tuesday. It feels like 11th day to me. It does, though. It's been a hell of a week, and it's Tuesday. So that's where we're at. So we've got that going for us. But other than that, things are great. How are you guys? I know. Tell us. Are you guys having a good week? Is it warm where you are? Oh my gosh. My friend Mackenzie just came to visit and it was Aww. so fun. Um, I am so curious to see what are you guys all doing for the warm weather? I know. Are you just hanging out outside? I mean, at least for us, like up in New England, we get all four seasons. So once summer comes around, I'm like, let's do it. Let's do everything outside. But I feel like people in California are probably like, yeah, I'm sick of it. So. Yeah. Or if you're in Florida, you're like, my good God, I'm staying inside. It yeah. It's so hot out. It's so, too hot. <laughs> let us know. What are you doing to keep busy in the summer months? How is that weird coworker? How are they doing? Mine's sitting in my kitchen. So and I've I'm got that going for me. Literally in hers. And it's like, hello, I'm right here. <laughs> it's, I'm like, we're like way too close. And it's this weird thing. So. Other than that. <laughs> Other than that, I guess my weird coworker's fine. She got a really cute haircut. So that's where I'm at. Thank you. Yes. Me and my cute little bangs. Yeah, your All little right. bangs. Don't freak out. They're not forehead bangs. I'm not going through my quarter life crisis. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Um, I have my side bangs back, which I feel like I had for like ever. Yeah. And then I just let it grow out and then grow out, grow out, grow out continuously. And then I didn't cut my hair for like a year and my God didn't need it. I feel like COVID really killed a lot of bangs. <laughs> well, COVID either killed bangs if you had them or you were sitting at home by yourself and you're like, I need to change. Yep. And you did it yourself. <laughs> and yeah, those were, that better. was the extent of it. <laughs> that was just sort of it. So for me, I just have my like little side, you know, chin length fun back, which I had missed because mm-hmm. they, they had grown out down to, you know, past my boobs. And I'm like, all right, it'd be time. It's time. So that's where we're at. That's what we're doing. Well, I think it looks really good. Well, thank you very much. And it's always good to see the grays covered because I got them too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did I need my gray? Dude, I'm like, okay, mid-20s. Anybody else got gray hair and you're like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> Nobody fucking invited you. Like, I, this wasn't, I didn't consent to this. I wasn't, I wasn't looking forward to this. I'm not excited about it. I mean, I say that. I actually do like my grays. Um, well, I think you have to earn them. So it's all the stress. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. But it's like if I don't romanticize getting them, I'm just going to hate it and they're not going to not be there. Yeah. So I just have to tell myself like, you did it. You got one. <laughs> I do appreciate my hair staying in my head. So I guess it could be worse. They could like yeet themselves out and yeah. I wouldn't have them anymore, in which case I, I don't want that. But my hair does not take to hair dye well, even like professionally box dye, whatever. So they'll always peek through mm-hmm. no matter what. So it's like it's like you can't get rid of it. I don't know. First world problems. I understand that. But sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes you just don't want gray hair. Because you just do all the things to not have it and then you still have it. Yeah. And you're like, but I did the things. Come on. You know? Yeah. Did the things, damn it. I... Changed my hair from red to brown. You did? That was a change. That felt weird, but it felt good. I love it. I want to go back to my like brown to blonde ombre. That was Oh my God, I loved that. Didn't I just say like last fall when you went to go get your hair done? I was like, do the the blonde. Yep. You really like a blonde. And then she didn't. 
I well, to be fair, I didn't say no. I just told my hairdresser do whatever you want. I know, and so, then she didn't. Yeah, she, not you, like her, the hairdresser. But um, yeah, I like it. I'm excited for the for the next level of the transformation to be complete. But I am vibing with it with how it is now. I love it. Thanks. Um, I don't know what else is going on this summer. I feel like it's been. I mean, I know we're like literally just starting, but it's been like pretty temperate. It hasn't been too bad. Not too hot, not too cold. I will get to a point and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it in August mm-hmm. when I'm like, okay, I'm done with summer. Let's get, I want yep. campfires, like, you know, the nighttime cold <laughs> with a sweatshirt on. I want so, apple picking. I want the foliage. I want all of it. When I was 19, maybe 20. I got my tonsils taken out. I yes. had a tonsillectomy because I had strep throat for like fucking ever. It was like four months or something straight. Ugh. And I got them taken out. And as I was healing, the healing process turned out to be like a whole thing. I know they say it's easier if you're a kid, but I also had to have like part of my throat reconstructed or something. I don't know. Mm. So it was like a thing. But it was like mid-August and it was so hot and so clammy and I was like I just want it to be full and I don't want my throat to hurt and I just want to be able to eat ice cream they say you can eat as much ice cream as you want and that's a fucking lie it hurts like the cold hurts your throat so I was like not only can I not eat anything I can't even eat the one thing everybody gets promised when they get their tonsils out (laughs) and they're like and it's like 98 degrees outside (laughs) They're like, here's so jello, you asshole. (laughs) I think my Finsta was just like full of, I'm so sick of the heat. I'm so sick of this. I need fall. I need pumpkins. I don't want to see a swimsuit anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Show me your jack-o'-lanterns and your scarves, damn it. Yeah. I love fall. That's what I'm excited for. I am looking forward to that. I know we just got done being cold and being like, and now it's like, "Mm, it could come back. I just like spooky season, especially for true crime stuff in general. Oh, I just true. want to talk about it and learn about it and look at it. And we'll go back to Salem and yeah, it'll be fun. See y'all there. Ooh, so we'll do it. But we actually, might actually, today mm-hmm. we're gonna actually go on a trip. Oh, <gasps> okay. field trip! So let's hop on into it, shall we? We shall. Okay. So hi, hello, and welcome back to your favorite true crime podcast, you guys. I actually thought that after we did the, I say we, like I'm going to take credit for it. After Abby gave us our fun CJ short episode on like stalking and harassment, things like that. I wanted to give you a case that sort of complemented that topic so that we could sort of unpack it at the end of how it applies and how it doesn't to what we talked about. So smart. Love that. So at the top, as always, you know me, I like to credit my sources and I prefer um sources that sort of open the door to the survivors telling their own cases and telling their own stories hell yeah at least for me in my opinion in so few cases do we actually get a chance to talk to the survivors or the people affected by it because sometimes they're not able to speak for themselves and so when when they do put themselves out there and they do come forward i like to take it from them so in today's case Mm -hmm. we're taking it from our lead girl Okay. And her name is Katerina Brunat. Okay. And a lot of this information is, you know, taken from her words. So this was on, it was actually from the show Obsession, Dark Secrets. 
which i really like but i have to say that the reenactments are so painful yeah and they're like they're not dated like early 2000s dated that kind you know what i mean like you know the kinds of forensic (laughs) files i'm talking about yes they do but i do appreciate that it really is her in her own words walking you through what happened but the reenactment that's going on in the background it's not even the actor's fault (laughs) it's like even who wrote it i'm like why would you (laughs) who put that there yeah so it just i don't know it doesn't make sense but when they're talking about the objects objective facts of what happened i like to take it to the person that if they're able to tell us i want to hear it from them hell yeah um but again you know all the sources are in the show notes so without further ado let's get into it so let's start with katarina that's such a pretty name i think it's very beautiful so she was born in siberia russia so we're traveling there first and it's a wee bit nipply out a titty bit and katarina had dreams of being like her mother her mom led a life in like art and things like that she had designed costumes and things like that for the theater Ooh, that's and cool so job. she grew up watching all the plays all the musicals surrounded by art and music and talent and all of that stuff and she remembered that her mom was a very talented artist that she was really talented in making the costumes and she liked to do other things too um so she was just surrounded by creativity But she remembers that even though she was fortunate enough to have had the distraction of the creativity and the talent around her, she grew up under the Soviet Union in Soviet Russia, and there wasn't much of a life for her there. She lived through the harshest of the harsh winters, very little food, even less money. And growing up, Katerina was shy. She kept to herself mostly. She was very close with her mother. I don't believe her dad was in the picture. He either had left or he had passed away. Her mom sort of kept a really close eye on her because a lot of the men that lived locally were not the kind of people you'd want to leave your child alone with. Yeah. So Katerina, when she got old enough to date, she sort of took a step back and evaluated what her options were. Right. And it was bleak, to say the least, for what she wanted in life and the talents that she felt that she had. She didn't really feel like there was much for her with the people there. A lot of the men that lived there, they had spent their days drunk. A lot of them weren't working, so they would spend all day in the bars, all night in the bars. They were angry. They would get in fistfights over nothing. They would abuse their wives if they had them, abuse their girlfriends if they had them. And I don't want to say everywhere was like that, but the context of where she grew up, having not had a present father... Her mom keeping a close eye on her, having access to the theater and the art and things like that, but feeling like it was never really going to be an escape for her because this is what was going on outside. Yeah, that's hard. So she didn't want to be trapped in this loveless marriage. She didn't want to wait for, but dread also the next time that, you know, this husband would come home and hit her. She just, she didn't want that life. And she didn't want to have to cook dinner to his liking or get beat or clean the house to his liking and get beat and all of these things that she had seen go around her friend's parents that she had seen that and all of these things. And she's like this beautiful young girl, but she is shy and she's really uneasy about what's out there. Well, how could you not be growing up like that? She's like, we have no food. It's freezing. Like you can't. When are you going to like plant and grow food in the coldest part of russia it's in the middle of like 
nowhere. Yep. It's big and cold. And even though she got this glimpse of like the fun side of things, she's like, I still have to go home though. Like I don't get to yeah. live here and stay in this. So she knew that she wanted a better life and she just did not believe that that was possible in Siberia. Fair. She wasn't sure exactly how to go about it. She didn't want to marry a Russian man. She knew that. And again, that's not to say all Russian men are awful, but in her, where she was, she's like, the men that are interested in me all drink way too much. Mm -hmm. There is no way to prosper here. No. And I don't want to be a statistic. Is sort of how she felt. Good for her. So it was. We're talking about her, so I'm worried. Well, we are talking about her, but she's talking about her. Which is also good. So we have that going for us. So it's the year 2000. There wasn't exactly an eHarmony or a Match.com or anything like that. Um, but instead, dating magazines. Oh. That you would write into and they would connect you with people. If you like pee. <laughs> so Katerina had some close friends and these other friends were writing into this magazine and they encouraged her to do it. She's, they're like, we know you don't want this either. And we believe that there are people in other countries that we can talk to. So think like they're not looking in Europe. Right. They're looking elsewhere. Like get connected, meet a couple times and go move. Right. Right. So she gets encouraged to write in. She kind of gives in and she thought, okay, yeah, like what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. I like to talk to people. I want to talk to different people. And I believe my perfect match is out there somewhere. So I'm not going to swat that away. Let's give it a shot. Right. She's like, I won't meet him if I, won't, if I don't try. So let's do it. So Katerina wrote some letters and she received several back from several different men. And these men were from all over. There was one that stuck out to her, though. And that was from a man named Frank. Ooh, Frank. He attached a photo, in it, which I'm sure they all did. It was like his little profile picture. Right, right, right. And this little two by two inch that he got at the little Walgreens. It's like, yeah, it's like a Tinder picture, oh. but imagine he had to go like get it developed. Yeah. And then go grab it. Cute. Slap a stamp on it. <laughs> a couple stamps. It's going to Siberia. It's true. So he said very nice things to her and it piqued her interest. Oh, Frank. You know, she had heard from several men, but this was the one that she felt she could have a connection with. So they, she wrote back to him. Okay. And then he wrote back to her and they sort of went back and forth and back and forth. And this continued until eventually they started speaking over the phone. And he was older than her. She was 22. He was 45. Oh, Frank. So that is quite the age difference. That's more than double her age. Yeah. But she thought that he looked young and looked like he took good care of himself. And, and she was of the opinion that the age difference wouldn't matter much because they wanted the same things out of life. They wanted... Okay to you know have children and just have a life partner to enjoy life with so in her 22 year old mind him being old enough to be her dad was not a deterrent for her and there are some relationships i'm sure like that that work out very well but as you're going to see that's not the case here and there were some red flags okay so she didn't want to make any rash decisions she felt like he was very kind to her in the letters mm -hmm. he was very kind to her over the phone she would get butterflies in her stomach every time she talked to him she always got excited she told all of her friends that she's talking to this man who's so kind and sweet and cared for her and 
that was all she really wanted she's like this hopeless romantic and then this guy falls into her lap you know or his letter does at least in his photo and she thinks okay he's older but there's Mm -hmm. no baggage there you know she's he doesn't have kids from a previous marriage that you know she's aware of or some wife that she's not aware of you know any of that stuff he just seems like he works hard he works he works a trade and he's into me yeah and he's into me and we want the same things yeah but again she doesn't want to be rash so she says i'm not going to run off with you and go marry you because you're still a stranger smart girl so she wants to get to know him better and he called her sweet names and told her how he couldn't wait to see her and she said well if you mean that then you should come to siberia meet me and spend time with me here okay so he did just that damn she wasn't so love struck and naive that she would commit to this fairy tale life with him at the drop of a hat but she was ready to take it to the next step and meet in person yeah spend some one-on-one time together for an extended period of time maybe like a week or so in september of 2000 frank visited her okay so he flew out from the united states to siberia shit from the moment that she saw him, she noticed that he wasn't all that she had thought. Aww. He was much older than his photos looked. Yeah. And that his demeanor wasn't what it was and his letters were over the phone. He wasn't as sweet and kind and caring and doting and all about her as she'd expected. You know, yeah. she kind of thought the first time they met it would be a little, a little more excitement. Yeah. But instead he was just sort of gruff and rough around the edges. And she thought, well, that's kind of odd. He was a little cold, not just because he was in Siberia. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I had to pull a dad joke like you. Thank you. um, He was just a little bit grumpier than she expected. It wasn't like he was this raging asshole, but it wasn't all butterflies and, as you would say, unicorns shitting rainbows. Right. Over the course of his trip while he was there, he did lighten up and they ended up having actually a really nice time together. But it did take a period of warming up and wasn't this instant chemistry that she thought it might be. Right. He stayed in Siberia 10 days and at the end of his trip dropped to one knee and proposed to her. What? She could not believe it. They had only been talking, if you want to call it dating, sure, we can, but communicating over the phone and through letters for months. Okay. Granted, several months, but a matter of months. And she's like, I am not doing that. Good. Forget Arena. This was also the first time they had met in person, and even that wasn't even a full two weeks. Right. So that's not enough time. I'm sorry. Mm -mm. It's just not. She liked him. She saw potential there, but she was not ready to accept this proposal. Good. And she told him that. She wasn't ready for that yet, but she did want to continue to date him. Okay. And she said that if they continue as they are, and he comes back to visit her again down the road, then she will give him an answer at that time. Okay. So the next day, Frank flew home with his ring and they picked up where they left off over the phone and with letters and things like that. He called her every single day. He made time for her, even with the significant time zone difference. Yeah. Um, again, there's several hours between them. A few months later in January, Frank flew back out, ring in hand, proposed again. This time she gave him an answer. She agreed to marry him. Okay. And said that she would happily embrace this next step and that she would move to him. Oh, shit. So she's going to America. So she's off to America. So 
if you know, do you know when the first time he flew out was? He flew out in September of 2000. Okay. So So September to January. So then four months later, this is the second time. That's still short, but she committed to what she committed to and she gave him an answer. So It's true. So then that was in January. So by July of 2001, again, it took time to get everything in order and get the paperwork and everything that they needed. Mm-hmm. Katerina had settled into Frank's home. He owned a house in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. So we're down south. This was the first time she'd ever been to America. Again, she's in her early 20s. She did not have the opportunity to travel in her life. And yeah. she kind of gets off the plane and she's literally in this entirely new place, not knowing a single person, barely knowing this man she's going to marry. In the opposite climate. Correct. In Couldn't like, have every been way. Opposite. Yeah. <laughs> And she could not believe she was there. And she was upset leaving her mom behind. She was very close with her and her friends and her other family. But she believed that Frank was the man of her dreams and that they had this such a deep bond that she felt like it was her calling. She needed to come here. And she was pleased with his home. I mean, she was, it wasn't a dump. It was clean. It was well kept. But it lacked like decor. It mm-hmm. had no decoration no style no warmth there, there were was no, no hominess there were no photos of family there was nothing Ooh. it looked kind of cookie cutter just moved in yes yeah but he's very clean very organized very organized mm. had everything everything had its spot and he was very particular okay but she's like well this is my opportunity to make it homey and we'll kind of build this home together we'll have yeah you know to have and so she's like she's not looking at it as a bad thing it's kind of odd she's like okay he's not like it's an opportunity yes so as soon as she moved in his demeanor changed frank you grumpy son of a bitch he wasn't as chipper as he had been okay she wrote it off as being sort of distracted from work, probably. He worked as a plumber, and that can be a physically demanding job. And so when he gets home, maybe he's not eager to go run a marathon with her or anything like that. And right. that kind of job can require travel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that could mean that he's on the road for a good part of the day, and it might not just be your normal nine to five. Right. She noticed that almost as soon as she got to Atlanta, he was out the door to run errands. So it's like the day that she lands and she kind of hoped that he might take that opportunity now that she's there to show her around. Maybe like this is the grocery store and in an emergency this is like where you might go and this is like what's around here and like maybe you might meet the neighbors or you might do none of that. He was just out the door had to run errands and she hoped it was work related or something that you know that he wasn't just trying to get away from her doing it fast yeah as fast as he could and she didn't she tried not to take it personally that he didn't like her company but it was kind of hard not to get off basically get off the plane and he's like okay bye see you never she's like okay i'm in this place i don't know with a language i really don't speak with you who i don't know well i wouldn't know what to do if i needed to you know if something happened so he didn't do any of that he didn't try to show her around he didn't give her the scenic route he didn't tell her anything so she's trying to learn her new home on her own and see all the things that she's never seen before and she had no one to take her sightseeing Mm -hmm. 
no date or anything. He just left her at home alone and was like, you stay here. See you never. Yeah. Katarina Ugh. thought that she must be doing something wrong. Oh. Because why doesn't he like me? But she decided to pour her focus into planning their wedding. They got married, like, very quickly. Okay. I mean, they didn't have, like, the super long engagement. I mean, it was less than a year, but in the time that she got there, from when she moved there in July, I think it was a matter of weeks. So Holy moly. That's going to be pretty difficult to plan a wedding in a place you don't know. In weeks, which just Correct. tells me how much time she had alone. Yes. Because as someone who's currently planning a wedding, it is so stressful and I would much rather not <laughs> just, yeah. just go to town hall. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I don't want that, but my God, is it expensive and ridiculous? And I'm not saying it, it was not as expensive as it is today. Let me tell you that. But she did have time to do that. Right. She picked out this beautiful wedding gown. She made arrangements. And again, in weeks, they were married. She was excited to kick off the beginning of the rest of their lives together. Which I just think is very sweet and very hopeful and unfortunately very naive because that's not what happened. Oh. Because she did feel like something was off even on their wedding day. There was a coldness that wasn't there before she moved to the U.S. And she wrote it off as probably still feeling out of sorts being in a new country and that her friends and family weren't there like they used to be. You know, she didn't right. have family or her mom at her wedding and that was upsetting to her. So she thought maybe that's why she felt like something was missing on that day. Maybe it wasn't with him, but it was just in general. As soon as they were married, the dynamics of their relationship changed. He told her that while he was at work, she was to cook and clean and keep everything spotless. Oh, Frank. He would come home from work, and if she hadn't done as much as he thought she should have in that time, he would accuse her of leaving the house and running off to have fun. And she would tell him, no, I've been here all day doing exactly as you asked. Right. It was to the point where if she went for a walk, he would time her. Ew, Frank. To make sure that she wasn't doing anything other than going for the walk she said she was. Frank, you nasty. And she just wanted to go around the neighborhood. Like, she, she just, she was used to walking everywhere. She's not a fucking pet. Correct. So, if he didn't think that she had cleaned the house well enough, he would tell her to do it again. Oftentimes, in front of him. Which Ew. is just demeaning and degrading and disgusting. When she'd try to ask how his day was, when he got home from work, he'd just ignore her. So, she's very very surprised she started to have regrets over her decision to marry him but she thought that if she worked harder at their marriage and and in their no. relationship that it would get better maybe she that's not you she didn't have any intentions of leaving frank but she also didn't tell anyone what she was dealing with i think maybe there were a couple of things going through her head she didn't want her mom to worry about her her mom is you know on the other side of the world and had always been very protective over her so if she right. knew how bad it was she was afraid her mom would worry about her a lot but the other piece was that she probably didn't want to hear it she knew in her gut that things weren't great and she didn't want to leave and she didn't want anyone telling her this is bad you need to get out you need to do right. it you know so she kept it to herself she didn't make friends really i mean she started to learn a couple of people around and things right. like that but she didn't have the social group and it's not like she was allowed to do anything longer than a walk anyway so no not at all <sighs> by october 2001 so having been married just a couple of months frank hit katarina for the first time frank you piece of shit he yelled at her daily and this verbal abuse grew 
She didn't know what to do. She was in shock. And by the time she had words to say back to respond to him, he would tell her that he's willing to still be with her, but only if she could work on being a better wife. Oh, so what a after, fucking giver. After she'd get hit, she'd be like stunned. And then she'd go to say something. And he's like, it's okay. I forgive you. And I'm sorry that I had to do that. Oh, isn't that always just the fucking for way? For you to be better. If you were a better wife, I wouldn't hit you. I wouldn't nice. abuse you. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Cool. I wouldn't be your assailant. So yeah. that's really cool. So um, basically what he's doing is in the most condescending way saying, if you suck less, I will continue to tolerate you. So an absolute Ugh. dick stick. So that's Frank. By this time, he had also taken over all of her paperwork. He had all of her... Of course he did. ...immigration documents. He had her visa and all other travel paperwork and kept it in a place that she didn't know where it was located. That makes me very angry. She didn't have access to a phone. She didn't have friends in the area. And she wasn't exactly allowed or encouraged to go out and meet people. She didn't have a job. She didn't have anything. She wasn't allowed to. Right. By February 2002... She was nearing the end of her rope. The verbal abuse was consistent and he would get explosive and he didn't just hit her one time. He hit her many times. Right. And he was still so fucking anal about cleaning and would lose his shit if it weren't to his impossible standards. And I do think that there was some compulsive tendency here because he really did it. I don't think it was to be an asshole that he wanted things done a certain way. Right. I think he had this fixation on it having to be a certain way and could not understand why she couldn't also do that because it was the only way it existed to him is the only way it was done right is if it was done to this like absolute impossible standard. And we'll talk about that (sighs) in a little bit. Okay. But that's not to say he wasn't that there weren't other ways to deal with that. He was entirely being a dick and an asshole. Mm. But I think his obsession with how things looked was, was deep, deep was deeper yeah. than just wanting Being to nitpick asshole. yeah okay thanks for getting me <laughs> yeah absolutely so it got to a point where he, again he would just stand over her and make her clean the same spot over and over again not offering to help he didn't didn't try to join in and be like oh no honey i mean like this like this is the best way no 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 just stand over her and make her do it over and over and over again and even that it's like I'm staying here and cleaning all day, every fucking day, mm-hmm. every fucking day, every fucking sometimes day. multiple times in front of you when you come home and you're already being a dick. Yes. So if you want it done this way and not the way I'm doing it 14 times a week, mm-hmm. you can do it. And he had this control over her. I mean, what else was she to do? I mean, I, I know it. I get it. Domestic violence and abusive relationships are so cyclical for a reason. And it's so manipulative and so degrading for a reason. And then there's all of this power and control. She's in a new spot. She's in an entirely new climate. She doesn't even have her own fucking papers. Mm-hmm. So I get it, but it's just, oh, it just really gets me. I hate that. Yes. And she's hurt. She feels that if he really loved her, he wouldn't abuse, degrade, and humiliate her. Yeah. Frank was not the man that she thought he was, and she had built up the courage to tell him that she wanted to go back home to Siberia, which was really difficult for her to say. Yeah. And at this, Frank lost his shit. He picked up a knife. He sliced his own forearm very deep 
dialed 911 and said that he needs help right away because his wife stabbed him. Frank? Now she's thinking, he picks up this knife and she's like, oh my god, is he going to hurt me? And then he cuts himself. She's like, oh my god, he's going to kill himself in front of me to make me live with that. But instead, he just cuts himself deep enough to bleed pretty pretty profusely. Yeah. But then calls and accuses her of attacking him. So police <sighs> arrive on the scene within minutes. She was in handcuffs immediately, arrested for aggravated assault and battery. She didn't really have the words to defend herself, to explain what really happened. I mean, she kind of did, but she was so surprised and shocked and scared and she didn't really know what to do. And he was believed and very believable. Mm -hmm. And she tried to tell them that he was lying and that it didn't happen, but she wasn't listened to. Because how many times a night do they hear in a domestic, I didn't do that. Yeah. Or she did it to herself or he did it to himself or anything like that. So they removed the two parties from each other, which is standard. Yep. But she was brought to the jail and was told um, that her bond was, I don't know, like 10 grand. I forget what the the dollar amount was, but it was something that, I mean, hell, it probably could have been a hundred bucks and she didn't have a hundred bucks to her name. So it really didn't matter. Whatever it was, she didn't have anybody that could pay that amount of money. Yeah. So Frank visited her while she was in jail and he's like, I'll drop all the charges if you agreed to stay with me and not move back to Russia. Frank. So she's like, fuck you. Fuck this. I'm not doing that. Good. So she gets up and she leaves. Good. So she's literally staring at the person, probably the only person that she knows that can get her out of jail. And she's like, I will not be going back to you after what you just did. You intentionally hurt yourself, lied to them to say I did it to you, and then let me rot here for a few days to, like, teach me a lesson. To offer me the thing that you took away from me. Correct. I'm fucking rich. For yeah. absolutely no reason other than the fact that she's unhappy. But he has all the papers. He has everything. Right. So she says, I'm not doing that. I'm not playing that game. And he laughed in her face. He's like, yeah, all right. So she didn't have anyone a call that she was comfortable asking for that kind of money from but she did have a friend in the u.s that actually was from ukraine and they had bonded from being over you know that being from that part of the world and speaking a similar language and so they had just sort of been friendly but she wasn't asking for money from her right but she did explain what happened and this friend was actually an awesome friend and she reached out to a local battered women's shelter Yes. And she told the shelter staff what happened to Katerina and asked, like, is there anything you can do to help her? So the shelter wasn't able to pay her bail money. They couldn't bond her out. It was way too much money, but they did have an idea. And they said this might actually work. They instructed her to call Frank, Mm -hmm. like, grin and bear it and say, she's sorry. She knows she's wrong. I'll come home. Can you just pay the money out of here i'll do whatever you want so he would pay to get her out but instead of frank picking her up the shelter would be outside waiting so as soon as the money was paid she would just jump in their car and then he'd come later trying to get her but she'd already be gone okay and it actually worked good so she had spent 18 days in jail 
for no reason <sighs> because she didn't do that. But I think it actually probably was a blessing because yeah. it got her access to this shelter. She called this friend, which she probably couldn't have called from living in mm-hmm. the under the same roof as Frank. She probably, even if she could have called them, if he was around and listening or listened to the phone calls, if he had a way of doing that, he probably did. Yeah. She would have never felt comfortable or safe or even thought to ask for that. Well, and I can imagine that, like, this is in, what, early 2000s? So this mm-hmm. is the days that you have two landlines and someone picks up on the other end and, like, tries not to breathe into the line so that you hear them. Right. And yeah. so even though it was pr- what I can imagine an awful two weeks there it probably gave her some much needed space and time to think and yeah actually got her connected with a shelter that she really needed a blessing in disguise so she had her freedom and she was brought to the shelter and at that point katarina was connected with detective debbie holland and detective holland worked closely with victims of domestic violence that was sort of her section her world that she lived in and sort of always helping victims of um that kind of abuse so she was very well versed with the resources in the in the in the area aware of the stalking harassment abuse you know laws and everything like that and how to help people which was exactly what katarina needed right so katarina is able to talk to her about what happened and debbie holland is hearing her out she's actually the first person that you know professional that can actually do something about it that is aware of the circumstances and can kind of sit with her mm-hmm. and she can also guide her and prepare her for what was likely to come frank had already been so aggressive and possessive that detective holland did not think frank would just give up on her he yeah. wasn't gonna just like oh all right i'll cut my losses and move on She's like, this is typically just the beginning. Right. And she prepared Katerina for that. And Detective Holland was exactly right. Between the shelter, the detective, and Katerina herself, they put plans into action. They started with the charges against her. Those of, you know, that attack that she supposedly had against Frank. That was not true. Right. Those were dropped immediately. Um, You know, they were able to corroborate her story and everything like that and... He didn't admit it, but she had no violent history. She didn't have anything like that. It was very unlikely. There were other things that they could point to of how Frank was an asshole. Good. So no harm, no foul there. She could wash her hands of that situation. So that was awesome. And not only was she concerned about serving time for this violent charge that she didn't commit, but it was also important to her that she wasn't labeled as an abuser when she was the one being abused. Well, she would have been heartbroken to have been like told, like, you've committed this horrible act, but she's really been suffering those acts for months. Yeah. Well, there's that. And also, especially being someone of an immigrant status, even if you've married in to like, I don't, I don't know citizenhood or however that works yeah um that doesn't protect her from the potential of getting like deported or whatever which i mean at this point it sounds like she kind of wants that but well i mean like she's but it's different she's yeah i mean she's going through the motions of like everything's legit everything's legal she's not facing that kind of thing but what she doesn't have is access to the paperwork that she would need 
right to move or to do anything so it's like he's gatekeeping all of her important documents that he should not have well and also you know i just i also feel i feel for the whole notion of not wanting to be an an immigrant in an issue with the law i feel like even if you are an earned citizen that could be really scary well yeah and you don't have the mastery over what's going on the way that Frank would raised here don't know (laughs) i know so when the charges were dropped she was nearly moved to tears because she was just so happy to be rid of that piece of it within days of being at the shelter frank had found her of course um he'd actually hired a private investigator that's how in-depth he looked into this what the fuck and he left messages for her on the cell phone she was finally allowed to have and he would say that he knew where she was and that she shouldn't feel safe and he was coming for her. So here we go with our criminal threatening. Yep. Okay, so we're starting, <laughs> starting to put what we learned last episode into practice here. So this is imminent fear for my life or safety. Correct. Okay. And he had begun the process of divorcing. Divorcing? Divorce. Oh, he had begun the process of divorcing her, which was rich because really she should have been the one to divorce him, but whatever. Yeah. In March 2002, Detective Holland warned Katarina that she needs to be hypervigilant about her safety. Good. Because when a stalker feels that they've nearly lost control, that is when they're the most dangerous. And at this point, he is entirely stalking her. He is not to be near her she's not he's not to do that she's literally staying in a battered women's shelter like full time she's not gone back to him she's not gotten any of her things and he is still leaving odd voicemails hiring someone to follow her around yeah so she's being prepped that if he feels like he doesn't have the hold over you anymore things will escalate yeah and just wanted to drive it home that just because you are out of the home does not mean that this is over you're not out of the woods. Correct. Yeah. Katarina was terrified. She dyed her hair different colors. Aww. She wore different clothing. She cut her hair really short at one point just to change her appearance. It wasn't enough. He still was able to find her and still recognized her, even though she didn't look like her. She filed for a protective order, which I believe she'd already had. Okay. Um, but I think renewed it or something like that. So Oh, I wonder if it was like a temporary. Probably a temporary one. Yeah. So she had that. And they just tried to reiterate to her, it's just a piece of paper. This isn't going to protect you in the, in the moment. Right. But it is a legal protection you have so that you have a recourse later if something happens. But you have to survive that to have a recourse. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. She tried to live some kind of real life because at this point, like, months are going by. Right, of course. And she's just, she's like, I got to move on. I have to make the most of what is going on here. I, like, we're, I don't know if they were officially divorced yet. I believe they were. At the very least, I mean, the paperwork was in the works. Right. They're separated. But she's made friends at the shelter. She's even made friends outside of the shelter, which was like unheard of for her she hadn't had that mm-hmm. um but she was still staying at the shelter for safety reasons because it wasn't i mean obviously frank knew where she was he had found her but it was protected and right. she could trust that she could sleep there at night and be safe 
But she did try to put herself out there and meet people. And she actually did meet somebody that she did not mean to meet. But his name is Jeff and he was very lovely. Oh, good for Jeff. So she met a very nice man. But she was very guarded, understandably. She couldn't tell him where she was living because the shelter's address was protected and yep. secret. No one was to know it. She couldn't get mail there. If she saw him, they had to meet in some public place. He, she couldn't bring him home. She wasn't going to his house. Yeah. She was being very on guard, not giving a lot of personal information. I think she had mm-hmm. made up some story about why she was in the United States and not that she was married to somebody and was pending a divorce because she was afraid. She didn't want true factual personal information out there because she just didn't feel like she could trust anybody so she didn't tell him about frank at first but over time she started to tell him really the truth once she really felt like she could trust him that he wasn't this bad guy that he wasn't frank 2.0 jeff was actually a good guy okay and he was supportive in like keeping her safe and keeping things you know sort of on the down low for the time being because safety was a major concern and Frank was still out there and acting nutty. So in December of 2002, she had already been divorced from Frank and she actually got married to Jeff. Okay. And she was thinking at that point that she had been free of Frank for quite some time. Like maybe he had gotten over it or something like that, but he found her again. Of course. (laughs) So as soon as she was married to Jeff, Frank started calling their home phone to intimidate them. And granted, they had moved away. Mm. It wasn't like they lived in the same neighborhood. Okay. But Frank's calling their phone, trying to intimidate them, and was just saying really inappropriate stuff. One time, Jeff had stepped outside to move their car. And all of a sudden, Katerina hears a car crash. (laughs) The brakes in their vehicle had been cut. And luckily, Jeff wasn't driving far. So he only, I think he hit like the neighbor's lawn or maybe like a mailbox or something. In all, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not a very big deal. Right. But could have been had he not just like been coasting. That scares the crap out of me. So she was terrified because this was the first time it seemed like Frank wasn't even afraid of getting caught. He was, it was just blatant. And she and Jeff could have died had the circumstances been different. Had they been driving somewhere else or had gotten speed or whatever, it wasn't like they knew. You know, he was just moving the car. Luckily, it was just a little bit. But it was the most blatant that Frank had ever been. Well, and that's pretty fucking bold. You're at their house. You're in a driveway. They filed a police report immediately. Good. And even though Detective Holland agreed it was Frank... There wasn't any way that they could prove it. Right. So then a couple months go by and they didn't get anything from Frank. And she thought, okay, maybe he finally gave up. Maybe we're at this point now. Maybe that's all right. Maybe he saw that didn't work and called it a day. Yeah. Right. And right now we've got a lot of evidence of stalking, harassment, criminal threatening. And I mean, depending on how far you'd want to push that not that they can prove it but attempted murder yeah (laughs) um with cutting the brakes and everything and he left he like left a message like hope you liked my surprise or something like but it was like it was from a payphone. like it was this whole you know it was this whole thing where it was there was no doubt in anyone's mind that he did do that but there wasn't a way to prove that and i think concrete enough today it's easier with social media and with the access to like phone records and cell phones and gps and all that kind of data that we have available to us but in 2002 not the case Mm. 
So she's thinking, ah, yes, he's finally leaving me alone. He has stopped harassing me. But then he called again. Hopeful, hopeful Katerina. And this time he said that he knew of great ways to kill them both. Oh. And she is freaked the fuck out yet again. Jeff's even getting freaked out now. Yeah. And they called the police and they were actually able to determine that the calls were coming from pay phones that were very close to where she lived. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like he was calling from states away. Right. He was there. Yeah. So in theory, he really could have gone to her house. I mean, he knew exactly where she lived. He cut the brakes in her car in the driveway. So if he's saying, I know great ways to kill you, click. She's got real reason to believe Yep. That he will, that he could act on that. So in September of 2003, so we're fast forwarding here. We, we started in 2000, right? 2003 now. Their marriage was a matter of months. Well, of course, because it so started in a matter of months. she's been with Jeff th- since then. Good. So in September 2003, Jeff gets an email. And this email is from an unknown email address. He's never anybody, it's not been anyone he's corresponded with before. And it has this really weird link. And it said, click here and scroll down to Katerina. Enjoy. So he clicks the link. And it was a porn site that had photos of Katerina on it. But it wasn't, uh. but it wasn't really her. It was her face put over other women. Oh. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't any like photos that she had taken for him or anything like that no but, he just fucking copied and pasted yeah but he literally Ew. that takes so much more creativity than taking like your own homemade sex tape and posting it you yeah know what I'm saying? like there is something just as bad about that and uncomfortable honestly and, a little more so because then you have to like work with freaking angles and shit well like, i mean like i mean that's you know revenge porn is absolutely no joke and you know there's a lot of people i don't want to say just women but there's a lot of people who yeah will engage in that and that's just for the two of you you know or how yeah. you know whatever and never in a million years do you believe that they would do that to you or themselves right because right. they're in it as well and things like that but then it gets posted and it gets sent to your boss and it gets sent to you know yeah there are real life big long term <laughs> implications of things like that and it's no joke and yeah a good rule of thumb is if you put it on camera, you could expect for it to get out. I mean, you just don't, it depends on who has access to yep. it or who could potentially have access to it. So it wasn't a revenge porn type thing where it's like, well, yeah, well, you think she's so good. Well, she was mine first and here's us and boom. Mm-hmm. But it was almost more calculated that he took photos of her, was able to manipulate it, put it on. I mean, and it's not as easy then as it is today. Oh, no. To have done that. So that like. Even today. like took some time, man. Me talking about angles and shit, that's, I think, the biggest problem you'd run into today. You know, so... Back then, it's like, are you going to pay 50 bucks for Photoshop? Like, <laughs> and then they, learn how to use it? Katerina was so discouraged by this. She's Aww. like, this... Obviously, it's not me. But look at the the lengths he's still willing to go to to hurt me and yeah. our marriage and send it to my husband. Like, he was able to get my husband's email address. So this is this is all not okay. And it wasn't like he was like XOXO Frank. Obviously he didn't sign it, but they knew <laughs> yeah. it was him. Yeah. Who and, else the fuck is going to do that? And actually, they were able to determine that it was sent from Frank's from Frank's home. Good. That email, which was like the first hard evidence they've had of, you know, it being connected from Frank's home to their home. 
I'm so happy that um, Frank's vengeance is finally starting to catch up to him. Well, you just stay tuned there. Oh, fuck. So, because they could determine that the email originated from Frank's residence, they were able to get a search warrant for his house. Yay! So, they go into his home. He wasn't there. Fuck. But even they noted that it was very strange because there were no photos of family, no photos of friends, nothing personal, and his home was organized to a fault. Like, it looked as if no one had lived there. Every dish was stacked just so. Yeah. The soup cans were, like, equidistant from each other. Right, put out with labels, the labels out. <laughs> labels out, stacked, like, like, maybe three high. Like, it was so, so particular and so organized yeah. that it didn't look real. That's It looked, like, oddly clinical and gross. Right, and just staged. Yeah, it was none of it. It was stale. It just, it was all bad. And so they were like, this is weirder than if like this, this were really, you know, it had a ton of shit in it. You if know what I mean? This is like a piece of shit Adam Strong basement. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it still had that same kind of uneasy feeling, though for different reasons, still yeah. very odd. So that was weird. And they're like, okay. Like he had things alphabetized, mm. like his spice cabinet wasn't arranged by you know what he might use the most it was alphabetized yeah that's odd that's a thing so just very unnatural they also found some weapons they found a laptop and they also found on that (laughs) sorry what you said (laughs) they found a laptop pew pew (laughs) oh my god well on that laptop they actually found that he was in russia meeting a new woman current current damn while they're while they have the search warrant frank moves fast they go in he's nowhere to be found and they find on like they find his plane tickets they know when to expect him back they know who he's meeting where he's meeting her all of these things because they see all of his correspondences right they could also see that the threats came from him so they could see all these other things that he had in his computer and how he had like found where to call from everything you know so they're able to piece together more than they had right and upon finding out that he's in russia to meet this other woman katarina starts to feel oddly protective over other women because yeah she's like if they're my if they were my age and felt as you know won over by him and thinking that he's great and they're just looking for a way out and any means necessary this is not it yeah as soon as they get here he's gonna beat the shit out of them he's gonna do what he did to me and she was afraid that another woman might meet the same fate right and have this really like odd abuse and fear and obsession around it so by february of 2004 frank had been in jail for a few months given what had happened but he'd actually pled out and was just on probation okay and so what did what did he get caught for exactly all the threatening all the threatening okay and all that stuff because that's what they could catch him with okay yeah so he gets out but now detective holland is you know the one who's been guiding her and helping her and yeah you know working on the law enforcement side of this calls katarina and's like he's out he is going to be very mad yeah they had kind of expected him to be away a little bit longer i mean it wasn't like he was going to serve life for that but they did think they'd have more time but he accepted a plea which was 
yeah. not what they expected. Always quickens. And he's on probation. So he does need to keep his nose straight, but that also means someone else would have to notice that he's mm-hmm. not doing that in order to catch him. So Detective Holland is like, Frank is out again. He still feels like he doesn't have control, and now he's pissed that he's caught. So I don't think he's going to drop it. I think he's going to gun for you, but he's going to do it a different way. Yeah. Well, then Jeff, Katerina's husband, notices that money from his savings account is missing. Jeff. And by money, I mean six grand. Oh. Is missing. So, like, super unnoticeable amount, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I'm like, wouldn't you have started with, like, a hundred bucks? Anyway, basically what happened was that he had stolen a blank check, like a a blank bank check from their mailbox and forged a check to himself. And they they found it on security footage that showed Frank cashing the check that he had written, like, from Jeff. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that was another way that they got him again. But he's just being more outward and more mm-hmm. outward about the ways he's getting at them. And more, I, I don't want to say like creative, but almost more creative. Like, yeah, he didn't go for them. He went for their mailbox and then he waited right. to find something blank that he could forge. And I mean, is it like the most, is it earth shattering? No. no. I mean, you or I could go do that right now, but we're not going to and we wouldn't on probation. Uh, and not yeah. if, not if we were just in Russia to find a different woman, we would have forgotten about this one. No, because we are what? Pro-social. Law-abiding. Fuck. So they put out another warrant Um, because uh, he, you know, yeah. was not doing his whole probation thing the way that he should have. Well, good. But they couldn't find him. Well, he, bad. He wasn't home. <laughs> and Katerina now, she's like, I've hurt physically from him yeah i've hurt emotionally i've hurt psychologically and now i've hurt financially and now not just me but the actual person i love correct then katarina found out she was pregnant and she and jeff were married a year and a half and she was overjoyed she was so excited it was her firstborn and then that excitement and that joy was very quickly eclipsed by the fear and the anger that she felt yeah. because of Frank. Because for the last two years, she's been worried about her own safety and the safety of her husband. But with a baby on the way, all of that changes because it's not just the two of them. Now right. it's their child. And it's this bundle of joy and life that they're bringing into the world. And how the hell am I going to be able to protect this child Right. when I have no idea where he is? He's been able to come after us every time he's wanted to. Yeah. And what better than a baby? to get back at me for yeah i follow all of that that so she starts to wonder if she's ever going to be safe from his obsession yeah so katarina's home has actually ended up being on a list for local law enforcement mm-hmm. um so every shift would stop by multiple times the shift and just sort of do like a drive-by it wasn't right. like they'd get out and like have to go talk to her and she'd have to get up every 15 minutes and tell them she's okay but they would be on the lookout make, right. just make sure that things didn't look out of the ordinary they you know had her name down and everything so if they got a call from her her name yeah. and frank's name were there was a dotted line between them you know they, right. they were aware of the situation okay Good. Which was really good. That is good work. So they were on high alert because, you know, again, no one knew what Frank was going to do. He'd already cut the brakes in their car. Not that he got caught for that, but Mm -hmm. financially he'd done the computer shit. I mean, every which way he could think of getting them. 
So it's like, at what point will he not just come after us or our home? So Detective Holland was very concerned that Frank might actually kill Katerina. It was at the point where she's like, he's got a lot to lose, but also nothing to lose. Yeah. Because if she's starting this new family, you know, she's not only is she married, but she's got a baby on the way that could spark something. There's a warrant out for him. So he already knows he's going to do time. That's going to spark. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of moving parts here that all stack against Frank, but by default also stack against Katerina. Right. So then out of nowhere, seemingly nowhere, a patrolman notices a truck backed up to Frank's garage, which Hmm. was odd because there's a warrant out for Frank and Frank hadn't been home. They'd been checking the house. And so seeing a truck there was like, uh, for what though? Where are you going, bud? Yeah. So the officer stops because he knows that there's an active warrant out for the man who lives here. So he just engages with the man loading the truck, like tries to ask him like, oh, what are you doing? Or who are you? Before the guy can really even get a word out, the man loading the truck Mm -hmm. whips out a gun and Mm. starts shooting at the officer. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, it was Frank. Yeah. If you didn't get there. <laughs> so, uh, Frank is just shooting. And he shoots the officer five times. What the Frank? Despite having several gunshot wounds, this officer was able to return fire. Hell yeah. And ultimately killed Frank. Holy shit. So, Frank is now dead in his own driveway. That is a long walk and for a short And there are... Water crime scene photos of this and i'm not sure if i'll put them on the instagram page i guess you'll you'll know when you hear this um if they're up there but eh, maybe i won't you can find them if you want to it's kind of it's graphic a lot of it you can see a lot of blood and everything although i do believe a lot of the blood is the police officers and to my knowledge he survived good um despite having five gunshot wounds he was actually able to fight through the pain and the shock and the panic and return fire and actually yeah you know make contact which is doesn't always happen so katarina receives word from the police that frank is dead and though she might have felt relieved mostly she just felt sadness yeah she felt sad for frank and for his life because she was upset that so much time had been spent being so angry and so unhappy and obsessed and for it all to end in a suicide by cop type of way yeah she just she felt she felt sadness she was angry at him she was relieved that she didn't have to deal with it but she's you know expecting this new like this baby and she's pregnant and she'd lived in fear for three years and now it's kind of over but how awful of a way that it happened well and not only an awful way but i i I'm not sure a better way to articulate this, but like no closure. Like he just died. Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't a why there wasn't a, what was the next step of the plan? Like nobody knows. He's just, he's gone. Well, actually, Oh, we might be able to piece together what he was going to do. Okay. But it's not good. I can imagine. So he's loading up his truck with boxes and things. He had sort of packed some stuff up. So after, and obviously the, the scene was secure and everything, they kind of peek back over what he was doing, what he was packing and everything. Right, of course. So he had packed her wedding dress to bring with him. 
to he was just Russia? leaving no he was just leaving he was getting okay. in his car and he was gonna drive but strange if you can only pack a certain number of things that you can fit in a truck yeah to run away and leave your whole life behind why is your ex estranged wife's wedding dress making the cut yeah so that just that to me speaks to his obsession and like he was oh, not yeah. he was not done he wasn't leaving to leave it behind he was going on the run oh yeah do you see what i mean no absolutely he also had various passports and fake identities he had used Fuck. the names of missing people so it was like he was leaving the name frank sheridan behind him right and he was beginning anew entirely okay but Detective Holland believes that Frank had, you know, anticipated skipping town, which I thought that was yeah. likely as well, but believes that he had a gun on him ready to go because he likely intended to kill Katerina before running away. Oh, I'm sure. Because when that officer pulled up, the gun was already on him, like ready to go. Like, I think right. maybe even in the truck or something, and he just grabbed it. So it was like... He didn't typically have that on him. Okay. But he was on his way out. So had things not happened the way they did, it was likely that he would have packed up his car, skipped town, but before he left, yeah, made sure he killed her and then took off. And he had all these fake identities and things, but right. obviously we can't ask Frank, but it was pretty clear that things had escalated to that point that if things hadn't gone exactly how they'd gone... Mm-hmm. Katerina might not be alive. Well, and I also just, you know, we talked last week sort of about the stickiness of some stalking issues, right? But here there was no question. It was malicious. It was intended. It was repeated even after clearly being rejected multiple times. Mm-hmm. But I guess I just... I feel so much for Katerina because it becomes possessive. Like she was never a person to him. Mm-hmm. She was an object, an infatuation. Yeah, of, that he owned. Yeah. And how dare she not act accordingly? Exactly. And I just, I put myself in the spot of like being pregnant with a child that I am so beyond excited for and having to live with the dichotomy of that and that joy and that excitement. And also knowing that this is the world that that child's coming into and having to be sad that the fact that the only way this was resolved was with his death. And also that this is your first pregnancy and you can't even have the typical expected, you know, the healthy kind of fear you would have with expecting your first child and that expected kind of healthy worry that you yeah, might have. Like, and what if it cries and I don't know how to stop And it. that, yeah. that <laughs> joy and what I feel like is as a non-parent, I know it's rich of me to talk about, but I can only imagine that right. there's got to be some universal feelings of that excitement and that concern and that worry, but it's healthy and it's good. And when it's what you want, you know, right. and this is what she wanted and this is what her and her husband had wanted. And so to have all of that and then for that to like be, yeah. wait a minute, this can all be used against me. And what am I, what am I doing this for? Right. If and this is going to be taken away. And the more I build something I love, 
the more someone is trying to take it and away. And the more I have to lose. Right. So it's sad that it ended that way because it sounded like Frank was just a very ill man yeah. who, you know, shouldn't have been doing what he did. But I also believe that if it didn't end that way, I think it would have ended a worse way. I think he would have killed Agreed. her first. Probably killed Jeff if he could have, but definitely kill her. Yeah. And then if he died afterwards, at least his mission was complete, is how I feel like he yeah. was going to take it. Because with fake identities and things set up, he was never going to go back to being Frank again. Yeah. Frank was dead that day, regardless of whether or not actual Frank was. Right. And I feel so bad for that officer. Yeah, to just happen upon a house, be like, hey, what's going on? Pew, 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 pew. It's like, and you're oh. Like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like Matrix style shit, but he ended up surviving. I just thought like, you surviving had a cool that. Tupperware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, I think the fact that he was bringing the wedding dress was like, oh, you can only take like 10 things with you, bud, because you were on the run. And that, yeah. that made the cut. Are you kidding me? Yeah, not so much. But on a happier note. Yeah. Katerina went on to have a very happy life. Good. She went to school. She became a teacher. Yeah. So she's an elementary school teacher. Oh, good. She has two daughters. And she is still able to maintain that creative fun side. She good. paints and she has illustrated a couple of children's books. That's so cute. Oh, I'm so glad. So it, it does end on a happy note. Good. But I do also just want to include some resources always always because come on come on these resources here are for the united states and these are national lines so the national domestic violence hotline is 1-800-787-3224 or you can text start to 88788 or you can go to the you can also go to the National Resource Center on Domestic Violence. We'll have that linked as well. The other thing to remember, you guys, is again, I know we said this last time we talked about some of these, but if you go on the website anywhere, there are usually quick escapes and that will get you sort of out of the page if you got to quickly, you know, minimize whatever you're doing. Sometimes it takes you like a Google page of puppies or something. But just remember, if you're in a situation where you're looking at these and you can't have somebody else seeing them, you do need to clear your own history, just as a reminder. Yes, thank you for doing that. Well, I feel like the last thing I'd want is someone to get the help they need, be able to get out of it if they needed to, and then have it found out in a way like that where, you know, I'd... the closer you get to getting out of an abusive relationship, the more dangerous it is. And it's just not worth that risk. Yeah. You know, the ATFTC fam would not be the same without you. So and you still safe. need to be here and you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. So we we hope that you're able to utilize some of that. And I just I thought what a better coupling of episodes than yeah. to talk about one yes. where it really applies. So if we want to break it down. Yeah. Um, That whole kind of tricking her to move here was uh, yeah. not cool, but not illegal. Even though it's uncomfortable and you don't like it, he did not break any laws by pretending to be this great guy and ended up being an asshole. Yep, that's... What does make him an asshole is the emotional abuse and cutting himself when he, yep. when she wanted to leave. Also, the physical abuse that he would beat her. 
Yes, you know? that's that's battering behavior. That's yeah. absolutely not acceptable. And once she obtained a protective order, he disregarded that and continued to contact her and threaten her and would make a reasonable person yeah. feel afraid by threatening her like, I have great ways to kill you Yeah, about her and Jeff and I'll find you. You think you can get away. You think you're safe. You're not. So just to go over it again, Massachusetts defines stalking as willful, check, maliciously, check, engages in a knowing pattern of conducts or series of acts, check, over a period of time directed at a specific person, check, check, which seriously alarms or annoys that person, yeah, and would cause a reasonable person to suffer substantial emotional distress, check, and makes a threat with the intent to place the person in imminent fear of death or bodily injury. Check. Check, 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 check. Yes, he's got all of that. All the check lights are on. Then we have the creepy phone calls to her home, the brake line being cut in his vehicle. I don't know if you guys can hear that. You probably can't, but Allie's cat is going... <laughs> she's doing that was a really good Thank one you. she is making some she's like can you stop i need attention i said i got a blast yep she just zoomed on upstairs okay well but he is like a perfect example to the t of actual actual stalking so for those of you that were with us last week this is not a billy case <laughs> no no this is this is bless up this is just frank yeah you know but also important to note that like all the different ways that he engaged in abuse yeah he verbally abused her psychologically abused her physically abused her withheld important documents to yep, her so that is a kind of control that's that's a form of abuse he for all intents and purposes copy and pasted her face onto yeah. you know a a, a a porn video or something yeah doctored um inappropriate videos that weren't her yeah which is like some kind of like odd sexual abuse there kind of going on i mean psychological but and everything yeah then cut the brakes which was potentially physical i mean that was physical yeah. yeah um and then financially stole from them well and also you know you got to think about the fact that like any normal I say normal. Any any normal abusive relationship, and normal is a funny way to say that, but a typical abusive relationship sure. includes a lot of the isolation that he just naturally got by having her move across the country. There was no like, you can't talk to your mom. She's manipulating you. It's just like, nope, now you're in a new place with a new language and a new country and currency and politics and everything. So good luck. Clean the mm-hmm. house. Or I'll stand over you. Yeah. And watch you do it 10 times. It, it Yeah. It. Every bit of it was wrong. Uh, you guys, watch out for the watch out for that power and control stuff. That is not good. Please do. Leads nowhere good fast. No. Um, we are so thankful that Katarina is doing well and that she's got two beautiful little girls. I know, and that she went on to do what she wanted and maintained her cute, fun, creative side, which is very awesome. And we've been saying Jeff this whole time, and I didn't even make a comment about Jesk, even though I really wanted to, from what we do in the shadows. <laughs> Which is your homework assignment. If you guys forgot, you have to watch what oh, we do in the shadows. Jesk. Jesk. You're a guard? I mean, I, I guard the parking lot, yeah. But <laughs> oh, so brave. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, you'll get it if you just watch it, okay? Just do guys, it, on, okay? Seriously. If you know, you know. Knock it off. And you can know. We're telling you how, so. Yes. Absolutely. 
But if you guys wanted to see any of these lovely people, places, things, except for Frankie is not lovely, then you can check out our Instagram. You would do that by searching up about time for true crime pod in the little bubble with periods in between every word. So that is A B O U T period T I M E period F O R period T R U E period C R I M E period P O D because podcast was too long. And if that's like way too long, it's always linked below, baby. You know the drill. Mm-hmm. But if you had a serious reaction to this and you wanted to let us know what you liked, what you hated, if you find this super crazy disturbing and want to know more or less or where to find resources that you didn't click below, you could always email us. Allie, where would they email us? So if you wanted to email us, you'd go to about time the number four tc at gmail.com so that's a-b-o-u-t-t-i-m-e numeric four tc at gmail.com we would love to hear from you we can't wait to hear from you we hope that you continue to rate review share tell a friend tell a family member give us that good good five-star rating leave a little review on apple Podcasts. we would love that share download um was it like and subscribe like and subscribe Ring the bell for weekly updates. Oh, my. Just kidding. This <laughs> isn't we YouTube. don't have But that. Um, do follow. Do subscribe. Do all that good stuff. Do all the good good. Get in on the ATFTC fam. And also, we didn't forget. Tell us about the merch. Tell us what you want. I know. What do you want? Tell us. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I take a look at my watch, I believe that that was about, about time for true crime. Bye. Later. Bye.